Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello everybody, Mike here, baseball collector, even though you don't care that I'm baseball collector on YouTube. <laughs> this is uh, Mike Moynihan. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I'm your host today and every day and every week. I uh, hope you've been enjoying all the podcasts, all the vintage topics that are out there. There's so many things to cover. And tonight we're going to cover something that I'm super excited about, mainly because of the guests that I get to have. But it is about grading and grading with vintage and so we'll get into that in just a second but today another sad day really uh we we're recording this on a tuesday and today i learned that don sutton has passed away <laughs> when's it gonna stop i mean i guess we're all getting older and you know father time is a is a undefeated so we just continue to lose hall of famers but it's it's incredibly sad really and uh you know, Don Sutton, age 75, Hall of Fame pitcher, passed away. So he was definitely vintage, uh, maybe a little too soon, but uh, he definitely has a lot of cards in the vintage era, that's for sure. But that's, again, what we're going to talk about tonight is, again, a topic near and dear to my heart because I'm a graded guy, and I really believe that a collection – is better when it's graded. And I know that's not a 100% true truism in the hobby. A lot of people love raw cards and there's nothing wrong with them. I have plenty of them. Uh, but I, I genuinely would say this, if I could and, and money wasn't an object, every single card I own would be in a slab. And we're gonna talk about why and we'll get into that. But I wanna bring my guest in because this is not a solo act tonight, although it has been the last few weeks. And I have none other than the Cardboard Oracle himself, Eric, those back pages. Hey, Eric, how are you? Hello, friends. I'm good. How are you, Mike? I'm good. You know, I don't feel right here. This doesn't feel equal. So I'm going to bring myself, because I know you can't bring yourself up to my level in terms of light. So <laughs> let, let me see. How's that? That's more like it. Now we're even. Nice. We have about equal light levels. And it doesn't matter. This is a podcast. So podcast. the people who are listening are laughing, going, <laughs> what the heck are they talking about? But, you know, we're going to just uh, talk tonight in relatively low light. If you're watching on YouTube, just, uh, just listen. That's Eric, right. man, you are, well, you're one of my best friends, and I appreciate that but you also have an amazing collection and you have been a long time advocate of graded cards. Why? 
it's a great question. I just feel that, do you want the cliff note version or do you want the <laughs> long extended run on version? I mean, this is the, this is your world. I'm just living in it, man. Okay. So I, I like the, I'd like the long version, honestly. Well, I prefer graded cards because I treat them. Maybe I look at them a little different than your average collector. I look at them as a vessel to get a card from, well, one of the things I look at is as, as a vessel to get the card from point A, the seller, to point B, the buyer, with an unbiased opinion on what the, the condition, within reason. Obviously, the events of the last few years, we all know that what's going on and Still, to me, it's the best way to get it from A to B because, in my opinion, someone who is selling their raw card, it's in their best interest to say, yeah, yeah, that's mint. Yeah, that's gem mint. Yeah, it's in great shape. Like like new. You know, one of the categories on eBay. So, so it's a condition issue for you. Well. A I preservation mean, of the condition. Yes, the state of condition. Because in correlation to that is the asking price or the sales price. So the seller, it's in their best opinion to get, to say it's the best, to overstate one's own merchandise. If that makes sense, because they, they want to get the most possible out of their transaction, which is that. Sure. So... I see third-party grading as a way to mediate between the two. Plus, they look nice. They are a. Uh, they do provide a degree of protection. They are also a great way to to show them to non-collectors. Like if if you have a family member comes over, say, "Hey, you want to see my Mickey Mantle?" And they say, sure, you hand them a Mickey Mantle slab. Oh, this is cool. Now, I don't know about you. I can only speak for myself. But if a family member comes over, hey, you want to, do you have any Mickey Mantle cards? Yeah, hold on. And you hand them a raw card, you're going to be a little nervous. More than a little. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's another aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many just off the top of your head, if you were to guess graded cards between all sports, non-sports, how many graded cards do you have in your collection? Probably around 3,500. Yeah. I think I'm close to 3,000 now. Nice. nice. Maybe closing in on 3,500. And I mean, that's a lot, right? And that's a, it means we like them. And for me, it's more of a, protection for sure. I mean, you cannot deny a card in a slab is better protected, period, paragraph, right? Right. Oh, um, because it's a raw counterpart? Yes. Right. Compared to a raw counterpart, yes. And it's more likely to remain in that condition for an indefinite period of time versus a raw can get handled and dinged and Correct. you name it. Yeah. Right. 
the, what what I think you lose with a slab though is the there is something about the feel of a vintage baseball card, right? No it, doubt, and the smell. And the smell. That's right. Which, if people don't know what I'm talking about or Eric's talking about, then grab some of your vintage cards and just take a whiff. They yeah. they are they have an aroma about them that is unique and. Yeah. It's indistinct. I mean, it's uh, very distinctive. So those are all great things. And for me, when I first started collecting the, especially in the vintage area where I felt like, man, I am very knowledgeable about cards. And yet I don't feel confident that I can tell a very good fake slash reprint from the real thing. There are some very, very good fakes out there, right? Especially in the internet age. Right. And so that scared me. And again, not that PSA or BGS or SGC are going to be perfect at that, but at least then there's someone else providing an opinion besides just me, right? Right. It's someone hopefully with significantly more experience than I do, but maybe not. They're hiring all these newbies off the street. But <laughs> if, uh, you know, I we'll get into that in a second, but the idea of getting the card authenticated, this is a real mantle, whatever your XYZ mantle, it's protected now and forever. Unless somebody breaks the slab, it is been given an assigned grade, which is probably, uh, well, not probably, it is the most subjective part of grading is that but to me there's no better way to have a great uh, a vintage card than to okay at least i know what grade it is i know it's protected and i know it's real to to as best as possible you know right right as, as best as can be done and let's talk about the if you'll explain to everybody out there there are the three i'll call them the three majors plus the new kid on the block that's coming up would you mind explaining to people a who those companies are and b at least traditionally speaking what they specialize in in terms of where people go to get sure. cards graded? Well, you've got PSA. They've been around the longest. Then you've got SGC. They've been around the second longest. Then the new kid on the block will be BGS. Well, they would be third. The new kid on the block technically is starting up this year. Is uh what are the three letters? It's CGC, but they CGS or C. Uh, oh, I can't remember either. Yeah, it's, it's comic book grading, the comic book grading company right. CGC. It's the CGC company, but they've launched a baseball and a sports. They've been doing non-sports, but now they've lost. They've launched a sports branch, but I cannot right. remember the three letters. CCB, I can't remember. To be honest. It, it's, but, I'm blanking on it too. Yeah. But okay. so PSA being, you know, the old man on the block, they, well, again, this is an interesting topic because it depends on what, you know, back, you know, back when I started slabs in 2005, starting collecting slabs was PSA was known for post-war right up until you know, right up until 1999 or so. And then BGS took over for the 2000s, you know, with 
when the whole, you know, Bowman Chrome Autos, the, the uh, Pujols blew up, and then BGS took foothold of the modern, you know, I guess technically 90s are modern, but for the most part, it was post-war, like SGC was pre-war, PSA was post-war up until about 2000, and then BGS was 2000 to current. And that held true up until probably three years, three years ago now. Yeah, I was going to say three years ago. Yeah, three years ago now, PSA pretty much post-war is PSA, pre-war is still SGC, but BGS still has a foothold on the Bowman Chrome Auto, the Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto market. I'd, I'd still say they probably still have a foothold on that, but for the most part, they're they've faded away i mean especially in the modern in the modern section of like the uh what a lot of people call like they call the the bass revolution like bass they say bass like b-a-s-s but for the you know for all those years it was the three companies had their own niche and you know of course sgc is is uh spattered here and there I mean, they're at this point. They're probably a good, good third alternative for post-war stuff. We'll see how the new company does. I mean, I don't think it will be that difficult to surpass them as number three. I mean, given all the the issues that that SGC has had now, I, uh, correct me correct me if I'm wrong, but I've recently heard just this week that they are no longer accepting submissions. They are so backlogged that they're not accepting any submissions now which is an interesting thing it is i hadn't heard that that's yeah i mean considering they you know not for nothing they they got a little cocky when the whole pandemic thing started up oh you know we're still open you know when bgs and psa were both shut down their their big thing was oh we're still open now well, now look i mean didn't <laughs> those of us who couldn't who couldn't see that coming, right? I mean, I totally could have predicted that and told you that months and months ago. That's what I was going to say. Those of us doing this a long time, it's not any surprise. Not even a little bit. Nope. And, you know, PSA, and I really want to stick to the vintage stuff because sure. that's hopefully what this audience is. Yeah. Mostly can people that are... About, pretty much forget about BVG, which is BGS... 80 and earlier, they call BVG for Beckett Vintage Green. So they right. that even kind of shot themselves in the foot because why are you naming your two set? You know, you've got BVG, BGS, you're going to be confused, that type of thing. Would you agree that same card, some X, you know, let's say a 65 mantle. Okay. In the same grade on a BVG would be the lowest price that, that you could get on the secondary market sgc would be the second lowest price and then psa far and away the greatest price on a card like that agreed uh general statement yes assuming but, they're the same grade and let's say it's the same card, like centering and i appeal and all right, of that, that is was that was my follow-up because that that but again that that's a major thing the i appeal right i mean because then you can even even within the same company, PSA, if you have a 65 mantle PSA 5, that looks like your stereotypical 5. 
and then you have a PSA 3 that looks fantastic, they're going to go for the same price. That's not going to surprise me. I mean... Yeah, let's say you literally sent the same card to all three. Like, not that that could happen, but if you did and it was identical in every way. Right. Then you go PSA far and away will be the top. Yeah, just the the label itself is going to dictate a lot of that price difference. I agree with that, yes. Uh, Whose name is on it? Who graded it? And I think a lot of that has to do with consistency. I think just registry is huge in that and the people that don't think so are they're, aren't, they're aren't in it. right either they have their head in the sand or they're just in denial i don't know right it, it is a big 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 deal uh and maybe it shouldn't be maybe the registry is way overblown it i, I could hear but at this point i don't <laughs> they're not stopping it at this point no it's the titanic and it's it's not going to get stopped uh because it's very, I mean, it, it's fun. I do it. I'm telling you, it's fun. I know you, do you have registries? I've got lots of them, but they're, yeah. I haven't, I haven't participated in a while, but they're still there. So, right. Um, so you've got this, these, these competing companies out there and they're all trying to get a slice of the graded pie. To me, my, perspective on the hobby in general is over the last two to three years grading has become multiples you know 10x 15 you know 15 20x what it used to be in terms of popularity do you think that it's to that scale in the last few years yes on two things stand out to me on the super high end obviously that's a given but I think now, you know, I'm recording this on January 19th, 2021. I think that the, the mid-grade, even low to mid-grade, super eye appeal has taken it to another level. It's, it's something that I've been a fan of for many, many years. And I've tried to preach that to people, that the pound that into them that you know you try to look less at the assigned grade how does the card look we've all anyone who's done this for any amount of time knows what i'm talking about so i i think you're i mean i would say probably five years four or five years ago now the thing that really took off was centered mantles like low grade mickey mantles that are centered very tough very tough to buy affordable PSA twos and threes that are dead center just because it's a tough thing and now it's quite popular. So I think another, even I to a degree, I think that that aspect of the collecting is still underappreciated. I want, I, I don't want to say underpriced because everything is full blown now, but underappreciated and if you need an example earlier this month bowman 53 alex put out a video of his first pickup of 2021 and almost dead centered 54 tops willie mace and it's a it's a spoiler alert it's a psa 2 he goes over it 
in the video why it's a PSC2 and it's accurately graded. But when you, boom, when you just see it, it's like if you follow 54 tops, you know, centering is always an issue with that. So, and I, I, he didn't say in the video how long it took him to find it, but it's not something you're going to just march on the eBay. Oh, look, there's a, a dead centered 54 maze and a two. Let me just hit the buy it now. That's not the type of thing that either, either if you do see that, you're going to pay, probably going to pay five price for it. So, you know, I think that's important. And I think that's another aspect of, you know, we haven't touched on it, but, you know, if you, if you want to go about grading stuff yourself and you've got cards that look amazing, but you're concerned about the assigned grade, I would be less concerned about the assigned grade just for that reason, especially with the, the upper echelon of player. I mean, the maze, the Aaron, the mantle. You know, sticking the baseball. You know, it's just the the giants, not the team, but like I knew. <laughs> but you're just you're not. I mean, I don't even if you if you have a, even a beater mantle, I maybe maybe you you'd know better than I at this point. Maybe you can buy a '68 PSA one for like seventy five bucks, maybe. That's like the super low end. I think most PSA one mantles, unless they like look like you put them through the wash a few times, you're gonna, you're looking at a hundred dollar car just for a one, a beater like a sixty nine beater and a one type of thing. So I think that's another aspect of of anyone who's listening tonight that you know I've got a bunch of raw cards. You know I'm thinking maybe I should get them graded, but you know. They're a little beat up. They're not going to grade very high. I would not worry about that aspect of it. Do you, so let's take that a little step further. If there are people out there that are thinking about getting their vintage cards graded, do you, do you consider the cost? Do you think, man, this is going to cost me X dollars a card because prices are going up to grade, right? Yeah. It's not, not yeah. getting cheaper. Time and mo money and time as well. You're not going to get them back quickly. That's another thing. But the other aspect that we haven't touched on with the overall grading thing is like, what about family members? If something were to happen to us, the card's graded, you have more of an idea of what it is. Um, that's another aspect. Well, you know, and I know people that are buying the, you know, that against grading and that's fine and that's like oh i've got binders and binders of, of great stuff well that's fine but if something were to happen to you and your your significant other spouse children whoever takes it to the local shop you know they'll get pennies on the dollar for the most part it's, a, it's not always but it's a strong possibility that they'll get taken advantage of Okay. I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I think about what also think about the simplicity of a slab too, no matter what company it is. If you have a 65 mantle, we'll just keep using that as an example. If I gave my son a 65 raw mantle and I said, Hey, what year card is this? 
uh, he wouldn't know, he wouldn't know anything about it. Um, if he took it to a card shop, the dealer could tell him whatever he wants and he'd go, okay, you're the expert, you know? Right. And, and it, oh, it's worth $10. And if it's got a grade, a flip that says, Hey, this is a 65 tops Mickey Mantle card number 300 or whatever card number he has. If he is card number 300 in that set, I'd be impressed that I, that I totally guessed that. But, you know, at least then you know what it is, what you've got. And you can, most people are savvy enough to go, Hey, you know, grandpa used to talk about his cards all the time and these are graded. Maybe I should look on eBay. Hopefully they would be at least that. Or internet internet search it. Right. And then you go, okay, this grade and this 65 mantle goes for this. And you can get a much better idea than the raw card. Right. Because, yeah, so that's a that's a great point. Um, you mentioned the time that it takes. That That is rather annoying, right? We all would love to get our cards back super fast. Of course. Uh, when we send them in. And that's not happening no matter where you send it. It doesn't matter what company now. No. It, you're you're going to be waiting a while. But what I find interesting about, especially the vintage market, it's a it's a relatively fixed market. They didn't, they printed a lot of cards in the day, but a lot of them ended up in dumpsters and at the bottom of the East river. And, you know, there's the, the supply is lim it's fixed. Right. And well, more, yes, and no, but yeah, I understand what you mean. Right. Well, it's fixed. The population reports not fixed, but, the the amount of sixty five authentic mantles that are out there is a fixed number, right? Well, and yeah, but every once in a while, there's more found. Okay, and but it's much less. You would agree than uh, twenty eighteen Ronald Acuna rookie, right? Right now, yes. I'm just saying the total number raw and graded, all of them together. I think there's, but I I understand what you mean. Okay. And to that end, vintage is just rare in and of itself, but rare doesn't mean valuable necessarily. That's not right. Those are not uh, synonymous terms. And so I think of however many, whatever the population report, which a population report is just how many of them are graded. And then in each grade, they give you a breakdown. But you did a great video about pop reports and really understanding pop reports to this to the stance of a pop report is not accurate at all. Now, <laughs> I say that and I'm going to also say out of the other side of my mouth that it's at least a guide in how many are out there. But what happens is people get a 65 manual graded. They aren't happy with the grade for any given reason and they can crack it out. And that serial number that's assigned, that certificate number that's assigned to that card doesn't ever get removed from the database. It is always supposed to, but it's supposed to, but nobody turns those in and says, Hey, I, I took this one out and you can remove it. And so then they might send it off to SGC or to BVG. And then they come, it comes back and they're like, yeah, I don't like that either. I'm just going to send it back to PSA. You know I mean? It can, right. that card could literally get graded 
by PSA several times, right? Especially and, if it's a more expensive one. Right. Because they might be, oh, this is really a six and they graded it a four. Right. Let me crack it and see if I can't get a better grader, you know, a guy that's in a better mood or whatever. Right. Um, so the pop is fixed on the number of cards that are out there. That doesn't mean if there were a thousand mantles of 60, I mean, just there are way more than that, but just using this right. as an example, if there were a thousand and you had a thousand and fifty grades in the population report, you'd be like, well, wait a second, this can't be right. true. <laughs> and you, you would say it can be true because of that scenario of cracking and resubmitting. Right. Um, that doesn't deter me necessarily. And I'm trying to think of kind of what the point of me telling you that was, or talking about that was that you can, the, the rarity of the vintage, what's cool is, although the population reports are growing all the time as people send their raw cards in for grading, that's a good thing, I think, for the consumer because it gives you more choices that are graded choices. Um, and you can kind of find that beautifully centered, you know, nice registration, all the eye appeal things that we look for. Those have a more realistic chance of coming on the market, I guess, if people continue to send in raw cards. Yeah. Versus an Acuna rookie or some modern player rookie card where there are literally 10,000 of them graded, right? right? Uh, so I, I think that rarity does create value, although it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be greater value. So to me, getting them graded increases the value of any card, most especially on vintage more. And we're not talking about like your common you know, Washington Senators players from 1964. I'm talking about Hall of Famers and and stars, you know, Roger Maris's, the Thurman Munson's, the, uh, and all the Hall of Famer kind of guys. Their cards will be worth more and most likely, no matter what the grade, more than what you paid for it. Yeah. To get it graded, to get the grade done. Agreed? Yeah, especially the upper echelon of players, yeah. Right. Again, it's not going to be true of a 68 Don Mossy, but, no. you know. Unless it's a 10. Unless it's a 10, that's right. And then every, then all bets are off on all of that stuff, right? So right. what don't you like about grading, Eric? If, if Look, we're talking about how much we love it and why we think it's a good thing and right. good for the vintage well, market. You and I are both you know, big-time fans of grading. Well, what don't I like about grading? You, can you be a little more specific, maybe? I mean, what, what what do you think about the grading process slash results slash any of it that would discourage people from getting their cards graded? I think the biggest deterrent is the turnaround time. Okay. Even more so than the cost, which is a lot more than it used to be, but. The turnaround time is a major turnoff for a lot of people. Now, especially if one is doing this for monetary reasons, either you're a dealer or you need to raise some money or whatever it is. But it, I mean, it, for the most part, you know, speaking to our general audience of, of, of more seasoned collectors collecting the vintage stuff, 
you've had them this long already. I don't think it's that big a deal to wait that much longer in the big, the big picture. Now, what I don't like about, I don't like, I guess this technically is a little different, but there is a heavy stereotype to grading. There's a lot of people that don't like grading. There's a lot of people that are, and again, everyone has their own opinions on everything. That's, that's what makes the world the world. But there's sometimes there's a negative connotation towards grading, you know, and again, like you mentioned earlier, they're humans. They make mistakes. They're not going to be perfect. They're not, nobody is a hundred percent of anything. So as far as, you know, the, 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 oh, the, you know, what we've coined Slabgate. Again, there's going to be bad in any industry. That's just the, that's the way life works. If it is, if people are ruled by the dollar, they're going to do whatever they have to for the dollar, which is unfortunate. But as a whole, I think it's done a lot better, a lot more good than harm. Especially like I like, I like I mentioned earlier that we live in the internet age where, you know, anytime you're, you can shop on eBay 24 hours a day. Um, and it's a lot of people, especially, you know, the last going on the last year aside, I mean, even five years ago, people were shopping on eBay all the time. So, you know, I know for myself personally, there's no local car shop, shop, you know, within an hour's drive of me or even long, even probably even more than that. But, and there, there used to be a couple local shows, but they were nothing to write home about. Whereas back when I was a kid, you know, in the early eighties shows every month, one local show. Well, no, there was one show that was every month, but then there was other shows during, there were a couple of shows that were weeknights. Like there would be a Wednesday night show at the VFW, you know, stuff like that. So, and obviously those, those were different times, but as you know, with the internet and everything, I just, I can't say enough good things about great. Yeah, I guess my biggest detractor is, is as a person who has sent in cards myself to get graded, uh, lots of vintage, things like that, even autographs to get graded, you know, vintage players on you know, autograph cards. I've almost always, almost universally been disappointed in the assigned grade versus right. the expected grade. And I could think how that would become a discouragement to people out there that are wanting to send in grades. And they're like, oh, this, this 65 mantle is an eight for sure. And it comes back a three. Right. You know? yeah, I see what you're saying. And that can be, they went from an, you know, certain number of profit that they had in their brain. That, oh man, this right. is going to be an eight. I'm going to make this much money. Again, if you're reselling it, for me, though, what's what's been the solace of that is these were all cards for my PC. I didn't really care what the assigned grade came back. I wanted it to be as high as possible, if that makes sense. But I right. didn't. I didn't send them in to flip them. I wasn't sending them in to add value to a raw card. And 
so it didn't really matter to me, but I, I was, it doesn't mean I wasn't disappointed. I still felt, sure. man, I really thought this was a seven. And, you know? and you think about that, that that's what sellers that are selling their raw goods think. Abs of course. <laughs> yes. They're thinking they're, oh man, this is a seven or an eight. Right. Yeah, totally. And so, I, th I think that could be a discouragement for people because they will more often than not be disappointed in their right. grades if that's they're sending in very fair. And that's so true in the, it's not necessarily true in the modern market, but it's really true right. in the vintage market. Oh, it happens in the modern too. True. But right. unfortunately in the modern where everyone expects every card that they open every pack, oh, that's gem. I just opened the pack. It's gem. Real life doesn't work that way. No doubt. And and in the vintage world, you just, oh, I'm sure it's a seven. And it turns out not to be, uh, can be kind of a punch in the gut. Given the cost, the time, all these right. other factors that we're all talking about. All that rolled together. You're like, ah, well, this sucks. I'm just going to keep my card draw. Um, so again, I've sent in to submissions, but you and I both, and, and, I think I'm a huge advocate for this because I don't have a ton of raw cards and I'm not willing, as you said earlier, very eloquently willing to roll the dice buying a raw card and hoping it comes in a grade that I would be happy with. You and I both just look at it and go, man, I'm just going to go buy the card in a, in a right. grade that has, that's reasonable. That's nice. eye appeal and, and cost of that right. card. Right. Right. The There's work's already been done. The work's already been done and I don't have to do it. And I always look, when I look at, to buy a vintage card and maybe I'd love to hear if you do this too, or how you view it. But if I'm looking for a card, I, I check VCP, which has become this amazing resource that I has already saved me so much money, by the way, because I learn what, okay, that that's a little high for that card. It's sold for much cheaper recently little harder today because the prices literally fluctuate day to day. Yeah, right. And, and some more significant than others, but it's a great resource. Uh, by the way, if you use VCP, if you use the com promo code BenchClear, if you sign up for a one-year subscription, you get an extra 13th month for free. So vintagecardprices.com. Had to throw that plug in there, Eric. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they help keep the lights on. And you can obviously see that no one is paying the VCP subscription because the lights are not on, but what no, uh, <laughs> come on. That was too easy. That was a easy layup, but I totally lost my point. Where was I going with that? Um, what you look for. Oh, yeah. 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 So if I'm going to buy a 65 mantle in whatever grade, I'm going to deduct the cost of shipping it. And I think, you know, okay. I don't have to grade it. I don't have to ship it off somewhere. I don't have to wait six months or whatever it is. And that makes it, I'm willing to pay more for that card. Right. Because I've got a baked in, I don't want to call it profit, but baked in cost already that I don't have to pay. And I look at that as savings, if that makes any sense. That does make sense. I can't say I've ever done that, but it does make sense. Obviously, the first thing. The first thing I look at is how's the card look? That's always sure. Always number one. 
because not, think all, about it. not all the sign grades or the, the numeric sign grade might be the same. But I mean, anyone who's collected a while, you know, pinholes, paper loss on the back, you know, these are collectors' best friends. For sure. Because you can get a great looking card at a severely discounted price because of the assigned numeric grade. Right. Because you know what, right. You know how the card, the grading scale, you use that to your advantage. And it's so funny how a lot of those flaws, whether it be a slight surface crease on the back or a this or a that, how little they detract from the beauty of the card. And yet, Technically, PSA well, is grading it correctly, right? But right, I mean, there's you can so have, many flaws. Right, you can have a spider web crease on the back, and the max your card can get is a five. Like you're starting at a five. So then right. the other other issues, if the card has other issues, the grade goes down from there. I mean, it's just the, you know, like I said, pinholes, paper loss on the back. I mean, it, there's just staining. There's just so many things that you can use as a collector that you can use to your advantage to save money and get great looking cards. You know? And is, is there some truth to this thought? Because I believe this and I'm just wondering if I'm just out of my mind or if this is a reasonable way to look at it. And that's when I look at a card that's a three, four, five type grade and it's got some worn edges and maybe got a little crease in a corner that's not distracting from the main body. I look at that as that's a 80 year old, 70 year old card, 60. And it's, it should be a little bit, you know, right. Um, and maybe that's me rationalizing on why I buy these cards. It's got character. But it's got character and, it, and shouldn't it? It's that old. It, uh, it shouldn't yeah. look perfect. You have to do, I mean, obviously, with the higher, higher end stuff, you have to do your due diligence and study up. I mean, very, you know, eights, nines, tens of the vintage stuff, especially the stars, the, the you know, the more popular players, I would be a little weary. I mean, but then again, the, you know, like the, what was that, that lucky seven find with the Ty Cobb backs that, you know, the, the black swamp find. The... I mean, there was a bag in someone's attic. It was in a brown paper bag in someone's attic when it was released and it just sat there. So, I mean, obviously not every perfect looking card is, oh, well, that's trimmed. That's stopped it. I mean, don't go to extremes one way or the other. But, I mean, kids used to use their cards as bookmarks to wound up in the middle of a book. So, I mean, it is possible, but I understand what you're saying. Like, and like I said, the, the cards have some character to them. Yeah. A lot of people like to say they can tell a story. Like if this card could talk. Wouldn't that be cool, by yeah. the way? Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the goal tonight of this podcast was not to solve grading and vintage and Although we're grading fans, you and I, it, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your collection the way you want to enjoy your collection. I guess it was the the point of tonight was to kind of just talk through it and talk about things to think about. And hopefully we did that a little bit. Um, Eric, you got any final vintage and grading and thoughts you want to throw out there? You know, like I just like I had mentioned earlier, I mean. If you're just starting the journey, the vintage collecting journey, 
in my opinion, it's safe to a couple of things. You buy you buy some raw commons and study them so you can get a hold of what the, the issue looks like if you want to buy raw on your own. But if you don't, if you're more comfortable, like myself, buying already graded, use this, the assigned grade scale to your advantage. Try to learn the nuances, paper loss, pinhole, stuff like that. But try to pick, I'm a centering guy, which that's not news anymore. It used to be not, it's a lot more popular now than it was 10 years ago. But, and find that card that you want to own, but be patient. You know, I'm not a fan of upgrading later. Like get the one you want to get right away. You know, find the one. Like I keep going back to Alex, Alex's video about the fifty-four. I'm jealous of this fifty-four top maze and a two because it, it looks like a six. That's the way. You know, as collectors, that's the way you win. You get a card, and you show it to your buddies, and oh crap! Why is that? That's that's a two. That looks awesome, type of thing. So. Do due diligence, study up, always learning, as I like to tell people. And you got to enjoy yourself and enjoy the hub. You know, the story that comes as you were talking about that rings true to me in terms of when you and I in 2018 were hunting for my Aaron rookie. And we went by table after table and looked at example after example and we must have looked at a couple of dozen at least Aaron rookies all graded anywhere from two to four that was kind of the price range i could afford at the time do you remember i do yeah and we settled on a three which i thought was a beautiful looking three oh yeah you know and so they can be found. And that's the encouragement. If, if you're, I think you're saying perfect, you know, wonderful advice in terms of being patient, the, the marathon, not a sprint mentality, the yeah. don't settle. Doesn't mean you can't have a budget. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a budget. You should, but within that budget, I think you would be surprised if you're patient and well, everything's going up. I, you know, today's, high prices or tomorrow's discounts. I'm not saying that's not going to happen to you, but I'm also saying you'll be much happier with the right card that you find appealing, whatever your thing is, Eric, for Eric, it's centering. And for other people, it's registration or colors or which is kind of me. Like I can deal with off center as long as the picture looks nice and the, you know, the registration is really nice. So, each of us have our thing, get the card you really want, be willing to, and you may have to just save longer. If, we, if you have a budget and it's a monthly budget, well, you may have to wait a little bit longer to get that card that you want because you'll be much happier in the long term having that. The upgrade, you know, dilemma is real that you just said, Eric, it's not a good road to go down and hamster wheel to be running around on don't you think i agree i mean you want to use that funds for another needed needed card 
right? Oh, I'll just sell this one and buy the other one and make up the difference. You may not find the other one, <laughs> you know? Well, that's true. Uh, so anyway, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Just me and Eric talking cards and talking vintage and talking grading. And if you have, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have Eric on to, if, you know, at some point in the future to do a follow-up episode on what you guys would love to hear us talk about or about this topic. We covered literally the tip of the tip of the iceberg in terms of ways we could go with this. It's meant to spark thoughts in your mind, thoughts about, well, what about this? What about that? Ask, especially if you're watching this on YouTube, ask in the comments below. If you need to, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm baseball collector Mike on Instagram. Reach out to me there if you're listening to this on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you and hear what you think about this episode. Uh, Eric particularly doesn't like feedback. He doesn't care, but I certainly do. I'm joking. He does too. We we both want to hear yeah, what you, you guys find think. Me, you can find me most everywhere at those back pages. Yeah, so Eric is everywhere. Uh, YouTube blowout forums, Twitter, Instagram too. Yeah. I need to get better at Instagram. Yeah. But same, uh, same username. You have like Snapgram and Insta chat and all those, you know, <laughs> uh, I always do that for kids and they think yeah, I'm stupid. Like that, yeah. yeah. They think I'm an old man, which I am, but so that's it guys. Uh, thanks Eric for being on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. That was a blast. It's so easy oh, to talk about. <laughs> one, one thing I'm going to close with. Yeah. Buy yourself a Hank Aaron rookie. There's no wrong time to buy a Hank Aaron rookie. Amen to that. I agree. And rest in peace, Mr. Don Sutton, and condolences to your family. Uh, again, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you soon. And as always, no matter whether it's raw or graded, keep collecting.